0: I can actually say, sure, honey. Is <laughs> your pig, honey.
1: The r- microphone that we're recording on is a Shure MV88. Shure is spelled S-H-U-R-E. It's a microphone brand. Sana has just informed us that the word Shure in, what is it, Bangladesh? Yeah. Bangladeshi, Bangladeshi means pig. <laughs> so if we were in Bangladesh, we would be looking at this microphone, and, w- and it would be the pig MV88 model microphone, recording our podcast. So that's very interesting, sweetheart. All right, we have just looked it up and confirmed that the word is actually shukwa. 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 So it's not actually... So it's not actually sure, it's, but it's similar to sure. So one not would
0: actually sure, but <laughs> it yeah, is are sure.
1: Yeah, we're not completely sure, but one would be forgiven for uh, assuming that, or one would be forgiven for mistaking it for the word that in Bangladeshi means pig. Thankfully, we're not speaking Bang- Bangladeshi in this episode of the Bavoshtan podcast. We are speaking in plain English, and we are excited to be in your earballs once again, aren't we, Sana?
0: Definitely, sure.
1: Oh, great! Recurring theme of today's podcast. You know, I'm going to get all biblical on you, honey. Is that okay with you? That's fine. Okay. Now, this is one of the an interesting scripture that I read a few months ago, and I, it just stuck out to me for some reason. And on the Bible Gateway app that I read, I, I'll open up the Bible Gateway app and I'll have a verse of the day, and uh, that that's basically the verse that I think on, meditate on for the morning. I don't know why I do that. Maybe there's a better way or a more proactive way to study the Scriptures, but it's what I've been doing for a while. And it's actually been more than one occasion where the one Scripture on the Bible Gateway app is exactly what I needed to hear or read or ponder that morning. The timing was really impeccable. So when I saw uh 1st Peter chapter 3 verse 9 it uh, caught my attention this morning. And it wasn't actually the actual verse that they have as the verse of the day. It was actually verse 11. But why don't we just read starting in verse 9? This is 1st Peter chapter 3 verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Now this is the verse that really got my attention a while back. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat? Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. This is the New King James Version, in case anyone is wondering. Now, that verse 11, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Now, the thing that really stuck out to me was, it's, it's kind of like the author of this book, Peter, is issuing a challenge. It's not like he's just saying, this is what you need to do. This is how you should think. This is what, you know, it's, he's not giving an instruction He's just asking, since you know what's going to happen in the future to this earth that you live on, how should you live? And it's different from other portions of the scriptures where it's, thou shalt do this, thou shalt not do that. You should do this. You should think this way. You should act that way. And that's all well and good. And it's all good for instruction and knowing how to live or taking it as a guide for living a righteous life. But here he's saying, you know what's going to happen, so what are you going to do about it? Totally leaves the ball in our court. Um, It's not a matter of, you know what's going to happen, so do this. He's just saying, you know what's going to happen to this earth that you're living on. It's going to be destroyed eventually. Your life is going to be extinguished very, very soon, even if you live to be a hundred years old, it's in the light of eternity. It's it's nothing. It's like a vapor. Coming out like a a vapor of steam coming out from the broccoli that you're steaming for dinner. That's what your life is. So now that you know that, how are you going to live? So that was my observation on it, honey. Uh, what 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 do you think?
0: Right, I think. God is trying to say that I have given you everything you require to survive, and above all, I gave you a brain, so use it.
1: Right. He's saying, I've given you everything that you need to live, so what are you going to do with it, right?
0: Right. If, if he was the one that did everything for us, then the creation wouldn't have any purpose. We would have been a bunch of robots controlled by, you know, one person.
1: Right. It's not like he's just programming us to do a certain thing, to say a certain thing, think a certain way. A lot of it is dependent on us. What are we going to do with the knowledge that we have?
0: Right. But I had Christian (coughs) friends Mm -hmm. who would be like, oh, the fan is not working. Let's just look at it and pray and (laughs) just believe and the fan will stop start working. Right. I, I think a lot of people misinterpret Bible, God, Jesus, and, you know, not only Christians, every religion. Right. There are a group of people who are misinterpreting God's will in God's word.
1: hmm How do they misinterpret it? Well, they, they think that we don't have to do anything. God will
0: do this. Right. God is God of miracle. Right. Um, anything we need, we have to it's like they use the this um, verse, knock the door you shall receive. Mm-hmm. So they think anything they want, they want to ask God. So when I was maybe 18 and 19 years old, when I would stand in church and pastor would be telling the whole congregation, okay, now pray for the needy now pray for your needs mm-hmm. at this point. I was so <coughs> rebellious. I always wanted to try something else. And I was like, God. I know you have given me everything. Mm -hmm. I don't have to come every Sunday or every time we have um, meetings uh, to ask you for anything. I just want to thank you. And if you think, I can have something more. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) But uh, I think thanking him is enough because if God thought about food for Sparrow, why do we have to uh, worry about our tomorrow? Exactly. That means that makes us a hypocrite. Like going preaching, "Oh, I'm a Christian or, or I'm a believer of any religion, but actually deep down I don't believe."
1: <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Well, the book, that's right, that precedes 1 Peter, the book of James. I I can't remember if this where I heard this or if it's actually true, but I read or heard somewhere that the people who were making the decision on what should be included in the canon of the scriptures, they they were actually considering uh, withdrawing the book of James from the scriptures because there's so much of it that is uh, you have verses like "faith without works is dead," and a a lot of it is you know a very works-centered message. Like you have to do such and such in order for your faith to have meaning. And I, and I think part of the controversy back in the day, this is probably 200 A.D. This, this is centuries ago. The controversy or the, the question at hand was, is this person that wrote this book, is he suggesting that we can't be righteous without works? do we have to do certain things in order to be righteous? And I think what won the day for James to, to have this book included in the canon was it was ultimately decided that it, it's ultimately faith that defines your righteousness. But if you don't have works without, or if, you, if you have a profession of faith and there's nothing in your life that backs it up, well, it's not really worth anything. I don't know the exact story. I'd have to study up on it. Maybe somebody listening to this knows the story better than I do. But I think the the big takeaway from what we're saying from First Peter and the Book of James, whatever the case may be, is it, you can talk a good show, but if you don't have uh, the 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 goods to back it up, it's all for naught. Like, what did James mean when he said the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. What did he mean by that? He's saying, what it, what makes prayer effectual? What makes a man righteous? It's by the life that he lives. And so you can pray all day, but if you don't have uh, actions that show your sincerity in your faith, then it's not going to do you any good. So we're we're trying to act like we're Uh, theologians here which we're not we're just sharing what's on our mind
0: (laughs) but can I can I can I share something I remember there were times that I had very I was in a very difficult situation really really difficult situation and um, I would be you know trying to show my emotion because I believe I'm very straightforward you know like I don't nothing stopped me to say what is on my mind and I show my feeling whether Mm -hmm. it's anger laughter or I found one scream uh, and I remember people like um, who were from the same church. Where is your faith? Uh-huh. You know, when people come at the, on those times when you are really low in your life and say stuff like, "We are Christians. God can do this. God can do that." I'm sorry, whoever is listening to me. Maybe you hate me, but I don't believe in that, because at the same time, I I believe that. If I would have just sat and wait for God's timing, then, uh, you know, what is the use of my brain? God would have created human being without a head. Right. If he didn't want us to actually put on effort in, especially, oh, if you didn't get the desired job. My Christian friends is like, have faith. Where is your faith? Like, they question me. Right. And I consider myself, I have the most beautiful personal relationship with God. I I don't like to share with anybody how I uh, worship Him, praise Him. I constantly have God on my mind, and I talk to Him. Um, It's just not similar to what those friends or anyone else in church would have done. So, you know, uh, those questions made me look at them and I was like God forgive me I don't want to get angry of these people they have good intention but maybe their mind is limited mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm going to use my brain right. I'm going to thank you for whatever you have provided us and gave me brain if I did, if I lost this job or whatever or you know I'm um, going to make it myself and make you proud right. so you know when I used to even out loud pray in church in youth groups when I was uh, youth Everybody would criticize me. I was like, this is not the way we pray. We have faith, and we will close our eyes and ask God to give it to us. His timing is important, not your timing. And at one point, I was like, that's not true. His timing is important, but he also sitting up there watching me to see how I'm using all the resources he has given me.
1: The resources being your mind, your intuition, Mm. your sensitivity to the Spirit of God. At, at work, um, and I, I understand what, I, th- I think I understand what you're saying. You're saying that if you're proactive and you're, and you're a person of action, uh, that you, you, you gain wisdom through experience, whether it be failure or a success, either way you gain experience and you gain wisdom through and sometimes failure is the best teacher. You you do something, and um, it it may not be the right thing at the right time, and you and you come away from it not having the result that you thought you were going to have, and you do a little debrief at the end, and you say, well, uh, the time this this timing wasn't right. Maybe I jumped the gun a little bit. Maybe I could have waited a little bit more, or show you know maybe I could have just just. been a little more patient in this moment, but there's no penalty for taking action. You know, failure is a part of life and it, it, it's in the failures that we learn the best lessons. So I have learned that, uh, you know, there, there is a, there's really a reward if you just take decisive action. Like if you look at a situation and you say this is the knowledge that I have this is the information that I have and this is what I believe is the decision that needs to be made in this moment like I have to make a decision right now this is the best information I have I'm, and this is my decision sometimes you just have to let the chips fall where they may and honestly if it's not the outcome that you desire or the outcome that you think that you want ultimately when the sun sets and the dust settles where you, where you end up is where you're supposed to end up so i feel like i'm speaking a little bit ambiguously here and speaking kind of in vague terms but people can apply what we're saying to their own lives and you know apply it however they see fit but uh, the bottom line is that sana and i both believe i think we i think we're on the in agreement on this that you know, there's nothing, there's no penalty for doing what you believe is the right thing to do. And then, if it doesn't work out, you look back at it and say, what went wrong? What went right? No. No? We're not in agreement on this.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding.
1: Okay. All right.
0: We needed some icebreaker because things are getting heated up and too getting, serious. They're getting
1: too serious. We've got to keep things entertaining. Mm-hmm. Okay. I see. <laughs> Because our our listeners can't handle uh, anything serious for longer than three minutes. So we have to pop in a corny joke every now and then just just to keep their attention.
0: Yeah, right? and you're kind of boring too. I'm kidding. Honey.
1: Thanks, honey. I appreciate that. Well, we'll do a debrief of this and see how we can do it better. Okay? But the important thing is that we press record and we're taking decisive action on this podcast.
0: Yeah, I agree. <laughs> okay.
1: I'm glad you're in agreement on this. And if you have any thoughts or comments, we love to hear from people who listen in. And uh, you can go to jamesandsana.com, J-A-M-E-S-A-N-D-S-A-N-A dot com. And that's how you can find us. And keep in touch. Send us comments, questions, complaints, smart remarks. We will entertain them all. Uh, We won't entertain the smart remarks actually that's that's sometimes the best fodder for um, stimulating discussion is the smart remarks anyway jamesandsona.com and we do have an audio series that we recorded i think in the month of may that is available it's called what do you crave and you can find that at what do you crave wait 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 no that's not that it's ThisiswhatIcrave.com. ThisiswhatIcrave.com. We'll take you to the audio series of the Crave Community Respect Adventure Voshtan and Energy, which is the foundational principles of our business JNS Media and of our family James and Sana Newcomb. Thank you for listening, and we will be in your earballs very soon.